Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Right. Some people say, thank God it's Friday. I say, thank God it's podcast day. Happy Friday, everyone. This is episode number 128 of Shut Up and Grind with your, your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So if you're new to the show, we, we're all about overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, not letting other people put limitations on what you're capable of. And each week I bring on guests from all over the world, from all walks of life, sharing their stories of what they had to go through to get to where they are today. And, oh, me? Here's a little bit about me. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right, so before I get to my guests today, that's right, guests plural, there's two of them today husband and wife combo. We're going to talk about getting started. So if you're sitting on an idea, no matter what it is, whether you want to write a book, you want to start a blog, you want to start a podcast, you want to start a side hustle, no matter what it is, just start it. Just start it. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't need tons of money. You don't need a fancy website. You don't need fancy equipment. All you have to do is start. So for those that don't know, when I started my fitness business, I always say I'm a hobbypreneur because it wasn't supposed to really blossom into a business. It started out as an outlet just for myself because I wanted to get back to my athletic roots. And my guests are track and field people. So like we already bought there because we all know track is life. But I wanted to get back to my athletic roots. And I just started getting myself back into shape. And then I had a big enough space and I had enough equipment. Like maybe I'll train a couple people just for fun. And then people started telling people, people started bringing friends. And then next thing you know, I got 40 people training out of my, my garage in my house. And to the point to where city zoning came and knocked on the door and was like, uh, we're getting reports that uh, there's a fit- fitness classes being run here. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's just I had a couple of friends over, right? So I had to hustle a little bit. But anyway, way, then it ended up going into a 5,000 square foot facility with all brand brand new equipment and it just completely blew my mind but I got started I got started when I had no money I got started when I had bad credit I I got started when I I had really no marketing sense at all like you guys all know I dropped out of college three times so like I didn't have a business background I didn't have a marketing background or a branding background but I, I was good at connecting with people so I just got started and just connected with one and then connected with another then connected with another. And then next thing, thing you know, boom. And so in that time frame, I learned what I had to know along the way. I learned marketing. I learned branding. You know, I learned all, all that stuff that I needed, but I got started. 
And so that's my message to you is to just start. If you want to write, just get out a notebook and just start writing, right? Don't worry about the end destination yet. Just start it. Okay. So if you take nothing else away, although looking at my guest background, you're going to take a lot away today, but just take away the fact that you just have to get started. All right. So who are my guests? I have a feeling that I failed and I put away the bio. Yeah, I did. Hold on one second. <laughs> All right. So here we go. All right. So we have a, a professional track athlete who is ranked eighth in the world in 2019. She graduated from Hampton University with a psychology degree and hopes to help people around the world who are struggling mentally from post-adolescent stress or stress in general. I'm not going to read it all because I don't want to give it all away. And he has experience with Fortune 500 companies. He worked with JP Morgan as a trader and Exelon as a cost accountant. And he was a brand ambassador for Shark Tank's Damon, uh, Damon John Rising Grind book, in which he became a member of the Shark Group. And then we'll get the rest of their story from them. So welcome to the show, Andre and Sierra Brown. Welcome. Hey, what's Hi. up, bro? Thanks for having us. Thank you. My pleasure. So where are you guys joining us from? Uh, we're in Delaware currently. Delaware? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Tax-free state. Yeah. No sales tax, no corporate tax. <laughs> that's always a bonus <laughs> all right so what's um are, are you guys in the path of that hurricane that's coming up well, oh, we didn't know about a hurricane oh <laughs> we don't watch the news if we, if we get the alert on our phone that's how we catch it that's the yeah because oh. <laughs> yeah, i know full of bad yes uh, yeah agree agree i mean i do i do another show that's more debatish style so I kind of have to pay attention to current events just so I have topics put for that show. Yeah. But I, I just, I, I just got an alert that for Rhode Island, we're we're in a, a warning for Sunday. So yeah. I'm just curious if you guys were in that path as well. I mean, Delaware, one of the safest states uh, in terms of like catastrophes. So it's yeah, probably it probably like nippers, but it's probably going past us most likely. That's what happened most of the time since we've been here. Okay. All right. And how long have you guys been there? Like three years, four years. Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Nice. Nice. All right. So we're going to dive in. So I, I asked all the guests, you know, just to describe who they are. And so, you know, give me like 60 seconds or less, or less each. Ladies first. So who is Sierra? Okay. I was like, okay. So hi, everyone. My name is Sierra Brown. Uh, as you stated, I'm a professional track athlete for the United States. Um, I grew up in West Philadelphia, the Winfield area, and I started running track when I was in middle school. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know the fresh, the fresh Prince of Bel Air. So <laughs> just the second you said that, like in West Philadelphia. We went to the same school. I went to Overbrook High School. Okay. Um, yeah, and um. Yeah, like I said, I've been running track since middle school. Um, I've really been running all my life because I was racing kids on, in the neighborhood when I yeah. was like, <laughs> you know, really young or whatever. So, um, yeah, and then pretty much I went on to um, um, high school, yeah, college. I went to Hampton University. And then after that, after I graduated, I went professional um, and ran for HOCA, which is my sponsorship. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Okay, Andre, uh, who is Andre? Uh, I'm Andre Henry. I'm the CEO of Dream Again. I'm a corporate accountant currently. Uh, I'm a brother, father, son, all that. Um, I started out uh, Section 8 in, from, I'm from Chester, PA. Um, I lost both of my parents at the age of eight. Oh, wow. uh, uh, my grandma took us in and um, pretty much uh, showed me, my grandfather and my grandma showed me like confidence just the building up my self-esteem, just losing, because uh, the impact me hard. Um, yeah. I'm also an entrepreneur. Um, I'm a learner, and uh, I motivate individuals to uh, fix their situations. Okay, love it, love it. So we we got we got to start we got to start with the track and field because you know, <laughs> love me some track and field. I did the uh, I did high jump, triple jump, long jump, and the four by one. Okay. And, and then I had I had Olympic aspirations, but then a knee injury took that away. And then I, I was able to rehab and 
get back to the doorstep. And then in the 1993 Nationals, I blew my knee again in the middle of the high jump. So it kind of killed yeah. that one. But I'm still in it for co- for coaching. Right. You know, so, so like, like I give I give back to uh, the athletes. And I just love being around that sport. It's such an underrated sport. Right. Dr- dr- you know, when I actually read something today about Usain Bolt. Let me digress for a second. Right. About Usain Bolt that in his eight gold medals, he ran for a total of 115 seconds <laughs> and and the like, but he had to train his, his heart out for 20 years to be at the best he can be for under two minutes. It's like people, like people don't understand that's the grind that you have to go through to be a top level track athlete. So for, for you, how do you approach your training? Um, I approach it with mental toughness because that's something I struggled with um, in the beginning of my career. Like, you know, comparing myself and, and doubting myself a lot, just looking at other people's stats. Because when I first stepped into the pro scene, you know, I wasn't as good as everyone. I was getting beat, like, probably <laughs> all the time, like, placing fifth or fourth. And, um, yeah. you know, like I like you saying, Bo, you got to continue that grind. So I continue it. I continued the grind and, um, and started building myself mentally each year. And, you know, I, I put myself in my own path and start focusing on what other people were doing. So, yes. um, yeah, so I was just like, you know, you got to focus on yourself and eventually you'll get to where you want to be. And that's how I became like one of the top 800 runners now. So. Love it. <laughs> See, and that stuff translates into the everyday world. Like that- when, yeah, like when, when people... Here, I think it was last year, one of our local, our local school systems, like, took away all extracurricular, acti- well, I guess it was two, two years ago, because we had distance learning last year, but they took away all the es- extracurricular activities, and, you know, people were, like, knocking people who were speaking out that sports were being cut. Right. It's like, pe- people don't understand the life lessons that athletics gives you, you know, especially in a sport like track, where, yeah, it's a team sport, but it's still individual. It's like you have, it's just you and whoever else is on that line with you. And you have to push yourself to be ahead of the pack. And then that translates to the workforce. Cause if, if you're, you know, if you have a career or whether you're an entrepreneur, you got to put that work in to make yourself stand out from the crowd. You know? So it's like, so being an athlete, I find a lot of athletes transition into entrepreneurship because they already have that base. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so Andre, how, how, how about you? So you lost both your parents at eight years old. Just take me through that. Um, so yeah, it was, um, I was eight, my mother, um, only met my father one time. We had like one, we didn't even have a conversation, but we mm-hmm. looked at each other and, uh, okay. my mom was just like, this your dad. And we, I mean, I look like him. So I just, we just like looked each other in the eyes and then I was just like, all right. I mean, cause I ain't know him that much. I was about five years old, six. And I just remember seeing him. And then uh, we went back home and then my mom, she passed away when I was uh, eight. Uh, she just left with her friend one night. They went out and um, they was like one exit away and it was a big car accident on 95. Oh, no. And then, um, yeah. And then uh, my aunt and um pretty much just came to the house and um just took a tr- took us to their house anything nothing of it and then um the news came on and then it was a major accident and then like one of my brothers or sisters uh noticed that um noticed uh my aunt Lisa car and then they just told us what happened and wow. then um my aunt uh my 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 aunt Lisa survived but my mom uh passed away from the accident uh she flew off the windshield Got hit by like 18 cars in a oh truck. God. And then um then uh the whole family got split up. I got four brothers, two sisters, and two of them went into the orphanage. Uh well they went to go live with their dad. We got different yeah. dads, but yeah. they went to go live with their dad. And then my brother ended up in the orphanage because his father wasn't taking care of him. They were sending him away. And then my grandmother uh took the rest of us in. I mean, we all was like in and out. We had pieces of Tootie, was figuring out everything. We was scrambling around. Yeah. And then uh, we we ended up uh, with my grandmother. And then uh, 
yeah, pretty much lived with her for a decent amount of time. Then I got relocated in Jersey uh, for a year. And then I ended up back with my grandmother in high school. And it was just a, it was a crazy experience. It was like my whole adolescence was like scrambled around from the event. And uh, yeah. even like the first year when she passed, like I didn't talk for like a year. I didn't, I didn't talk to no teachers or anything. I ended up in remedial classes and uh, I didn't really transition out of them until like ninth grade. And, then, oh, wow. and yeah, my base probably came from math. Uh, I had a good uh, math teacher, Mr. Ryan. He always, he like, he ingrained like uh, confidence and uh, just, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't strong in other subjects, but math, I was always good with numbers. Um, and then uh, I eventually uh, got out ninth grade and then I trans like start doing sports and stuff to help build my um my confidence because I, I mean I felt like I was living in a shell like I was a shell of a man yes uh I ain't really have that structure you know with like a father figure and things of that nature and yes. just losing my mom I lost like like my heart so I just felt like I was just out there like looming uh, around but um, eventually, I started doing sports. I ran track, played football, basketball. Um, I ended up doing collegiate, collegiate sports. I ran track. Um, even after uh, track was over, uh, um, I ran, like, uh, unattached at different uh, pro meets around, like, 400, 200. So yeah. it was pretty cool. I, um, it build up my confidence to build the company. So it's, it's been a pretty good experience. Awesome. Way to, way to bounce back from all that. Yeah. So, yeah. so Sierra, take, take me through how, how you two met. Um, well, <laughs> so it's a long, it's a short story, but uh, we both ran track in high school, of course. And he, he said he would, we would see each other out there at the meets and stuff. But I don't remember <laughs> seeing him. She was a goat. I ain't gonna lie. At high school, <laughs> at high school, she used to trash our girls. I was like, yo, this, she was tough. Like, <laughs> they was like, all right, y'all gotta race her this week. That was her. You know how they you always got that one person that's always in front, like, man, they need to lose. That's <laughs> so, like, it, it could have been I saw her. Maybe she ain't seen me. It could have been that, but she seen me now. That's all I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we seen each other in high school and at track meets and stuff. But we have mutual friends, so uh, we met through our mutual friends too and a track scene. And um, yeah, that's how we met. <laughs> so through, through track, through sports, you know that brought yeah. us together. And then once we got to learn each other, we learned that we had like similar stuff that we've been through and that brought us even closer. Okay. So how, how would you, you describe your upbringing? Um, well, I didn't have my mom in my life either. She didn't pass away. She's still alive, but we didn't, we had like a difficult relationship. Um, okay. yeah. Uh, I moved away from her at the age of 14 and went to go live with my father. So my, my father raised me basically my whole life. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And, and what, did that have any any adverse effect uh, adverse um uh, it did because you know as a child you were you would expect your mother you know that's your first love you you would expect her to love you or show you that love or guide you and to becoming a woman and i didn't have that in my life so i was kind of like a tomboy growing up i had my dad my grandpa and my brothers like i struggled <laughs> on like you know becoming a woman like who how do I do this or how do I do that? And eventually, yeah. like years later, my my father met my stepmother Tracy, and she kind of stepped in and became a mother figure to me. So it was really difficult not having a mother, but I mean now with uh, with my aunts and you know family members stepping in and kind of guiding me into becoming a woman I am today, and it it helped me grow stronger mentally because. Every time I step on the track, I if I'm going through something or I think about something in my past, I kind of let it all out there, and then I feel better. Or even during the workout, yeah. I'm like, I need to just go for a run or walk, and then you know I feel better <laughs> afterwards. Okay, yeah, like my my oldest daughter is de dealing with that because uh, their their mom left when she was my oldest son was six and she was three wow. when, when when their mom left. So like, yeah, she just moved away like we we didn't even know she was leaving just left and now and so my daughter she's 19 now and my son's 22 
and like that that void is it's still there you know like right. I was actually I was talk- yeah. yes yeah like I was talking with my daughter last night you know just helping her sort through sort through feelings as things like through, like the winter ball I had two of my fitness clients come to the house to help her with her hair and her makeup you know because right. I, I can't do that <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like I just can't do that you know so and just having those I remember when she was in preschool I used to I, I could do one ponytail. That was it. And sometimes it was a little crooked, but, you know, damn it, I tried. Right? And so she came, I picked her up one day, and her hair was all done up nice. So I guess the teacher assistant did, did her hair. Okay. So the, the next day, I went with a brush and little uh, hair, hair hair ties and the gel and all that. I was like, if I leave this with you, will you do her hair? <laughs> so the teacher assistant did her hair every day. <laughs> you know? yeah, I don't think like people understand how how good like if you don't have your mother how good it is to have a father because even if things aren't perfect it's like perfect to us because at least you're trying i used to get yes. the, the crooked ponytails and stuff like that my dad would judge <laughs> me and i'm like i don't know what i got on right now but i'm grateful because i, I have on clothes or you know my hair yes. is like done so i mean it means a lot to have a father you know yes. like a father figure in your life if you don't have your mother Yes, ab- absolutely. Because you you hear that story a lot more about dad not being around. Right. That's what I was like, like the other way around for me. I was like, this is kind of weird. I mean, you expect some people expect for the father not to be there, but for the mother, it was like heartbreaking. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, and and I, I don't like when people say, "Oh, well, you have to play both both roles." And like, I don't play both roles. Like, I'm a dad. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, I'm, it's my job to be the best dad I can be, and right. it's dis, it's disrespectful to mothers, you know, right. to say that. It, right. That's that's the way I feel. Just just like when I hear on Mother's Day, you know, when the the people talk about single moms, you're you're playing mom and dad. I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like I love my mom to death, but she was not my dad. Right. You know, there was just a different. It was, it's different. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like a better or worse kind of thing. It's just different. It's like right. when I needed love, care, support, I went to mom. When I needed a kick in the ass, I went to dad. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just different. So anyways, so so let's bring it back in. So when did you guys d- decide to start working together? Um, About last year, right? Yeah, it was like a year. Yeah, yeah, when we moved in together. Yeah, when we moved in together. That's only... Yeah. It's hard, but we do it. <laughs> All right. Well, well, let's talk about it. Take take me through it. How, how did it come about? <laughs> I mean, me personally, I always, like, I'm used to, like, not having no support. So I'm, like, I'm self-efficient now. Like, I just feel like I can do whatever by myself. It's like, yeah. like, I had to do everything by myself. I had to teach myself a lot, you know, being in different rooms, environments, I mean, because I'm from where I'm from, and I had to go and learn different environments, so I had to adapt. So I felt like it's a lot of stuff that I built up for myself, and then for the first time in my life, I met someone I actually considered building with. So it's just been a hard transition. Like, even today, like, I just be like, I could do it, you know? But I, like, mm. we have to do it together. So it's just molding uh our talents and our skill sets together to you know build something unique love it well yeah (laughs) now 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 tell me your side of the story i said what i feel (laughs) (laughs) i agree like i can say you know no relationship is perfect and we're still learning each other i mean you're going to learn each other for the rest of your lives you won't know that person in the first couple years fully but um yeah it's been it was in the beginning, it was difficult because he's, you know, everything that he'd been through and things that he built himself, even the company, he let me into the company, you know? So yeah. it's like, he's like, I did, you know, I'm doing this by myself. Like, I don't really want to do it with anyone or I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I don't even know how to be in a relationship. And, you know, just fronting and acting like, you know, I'm you don't really, relationship you know, six months, bro. Six months. <laughs> <laughs>
question as well. Not, not having your mother too is really difficult because they kind of teach you that communication and how to build that foundation with other people. So he struggled with that as well. That's what came about the book. I'm like, we need to write this book and I want you to tell more of your story and I can open up as well. But he opened up a lot more in the book than I did. She so. finessed me, bro. She finessed me. For the record. For the record. Everybody. Talking about, yeah, this narrative therapy, you know, it's going to help you express yourself. So I'm like, all right, I'm writing. And then, uh, you know, we, we did a little, all right, when the book get published, that's when we'll read each other half because we went chapter for chapter. She came yeah. up with the ten laws, and then we went chapter to chapter. Then I get the book. I'm like, yo, you ain't even say that much compared to what I said. And I'm like, you finessed me. I was like, it was, all like a, it was like an experiment. I was like, I need to learn more about you. I want to learn more because you're not telling me everything. Then I opened the book. Psychology. We hit the, yeah, I'm a psychology major. So I'm going like kind of get into and bring it, make you express yourself a little more. So it was really good. Like, I don't know if you wanted to talk about the book yet, but we're going to get there. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, well, that's how we came about building the the company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. We'll we'll, we'll get that. I actually just wanna I wanna double down on that because as you see, as it says above us, your true power lies in your story. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I help people do is I help them take their stories and find the lessons in them. You know, because like because everybody goes through something at some point, but right. it's, it's, it's all right. All right. What did you take from it? You know, it's like. Growing up without without your parents, like what what were the lessons that you learned? You know, because we, we we can talk about the struggles, but what were the lessons? So what what she's saying, like yeah, she she finessed you, but she did it she did it for for the right reason. Right. You know I mean? right. And, and as I said, and I'm a college dropout, and so like I'm not I'm not even a psychologist, but I know when you face what you've been through, right. it makes you stronger, and it gives you the power to do things like from orphan to millionaire, right? right? If you wrote if you wrote a book that just, that just said, I'm a millionaire, people would be like, screw this guy, you know? But you hear orphan to millionaire, and now it's like, I want to know that story. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm pretty I'm pretty certain that's what, what I sent to you guys at the, at the publicity summit. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was like, I want to dive into that. It's like, how did that happen? You know what I mean? So that way, why? Because we want to highlight what you did, but we want to inspire other orphans. Right. <laughs> you know, so pe- yeah. people, or just like how I said, my daughter grew up without a mom. You grew up without your mom, and look where right. you are. So right. now I can go. I can go back to my daughter, have her watch this, and be like, "Listen, see, she went through it. She felt it, and she's still kicking life in the face. Right. You know, and you can too. Right. So I just wanted to to expand on that. But all right, let's get into the book. The book. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, so the book. Uh, he came up with the 10 Refutable Laws of Purpose. Um, it was like rebirth, uh, okay. love. Experience, um, yeah. it's basically taking your life experience and using these laws to understand what was going on. And, um, and how you overcame. Yeah, how over, like how you overcame it. So pretty much like as I went through each chapter, I, I like looked at the law and then I uh told my story and i compared it to the law to see how like it brought vulnerability and redefined my character so yes. it, it was like a pretty good um it's like narrative therapy because you b- basically talk to the, each law through your story and it pretty much bring out the best individual like it bring out who you are and, and it makes you vulnerable at the same time so it's pretty cool yeah and I actually did a video just three weeks ago on how vulnerability is displayed as a weakness, but it's the ultimate strength. That's what people don't realize. Like anybody can put themselves into a shell, you know, but to step out of that shell, be your true authentic self and own what you had to go through. Like in a Tuesday show, this guy was a former a former drug dealer, former gangbanger, and a former pimp. <laughs> so that was a hell of a hell of an episode. <laughs> so I, I told him, I, I said, I gotta have you come back because I still got questions. <laughs> like, an, like an hour was not long enough, you know. But it's the fact that he did all of those things, but we were able to extract the lessons from each one. Because right. like people could say, Oh, well, what good can come from being a being a drug dealer? 
It's like, you'll be surprised. There are lessons there, you know? And, and, and like you pluck those lessons out and it makes you stronger. So, so to be there and say, yes, I used to be a pimp, <laughs> you know? And it's like, and this is what I learned from it. And this is what I'm doing now. Right. So it's like being vulnerable is the ultimate power. Right. Yes. Yeah, it is because everybody thinks, like you said, it's a weakness, but it's really not because you don't realize how many people you're inspired by just telling your story. Yes. So, yeah. It's not a weakness. Like you said, it's a strength. Yeah. I did a Facebook post asking people like, what's the, what's your biggest struggle in telling your story? And I got like 80 some odd, some odd responses on it. And one of them was, I'm afraid of being too emotional. And it's like, if the story's emotional, get emotional. Right. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like I, I can sit here and talk about, about the passing of, of, of my father. And like if I give the abridged version, I can do do the abridged version, you know, with no problem. But if I go deep dive detail, it chokes me up every single time. You know, my right. sister had had a brain aneurysm burst in 2016, 20% chance survival rate. She's still here. You know, but talking about seeing her in the hospital in a medically induced coma, not knowing if she's going to come back to us, I get choked up every single time. You know, mm -hmm. so again, going back to the being vulnerable and especially for us men, you know, because they tell us, oh, men don't cry. Men got to be strong. You got you got to keep keep that inside. You know, so to see a man on stage getting that deep into his, into his emotions, no right. one no one's ever going to say, look, look at that punk. <laughs> right? It, does, right, it doesn't go like that. They're gonna be like, "Go ahead, tell your story." People are gonna they're gonna cheer. It's like people want to see that raw authenticity, right? Yeah, because there's a, it's a lot of people that go through stuff and they just keep it inside. And I just felt like, I mean, I learned to just better just talk it out, like just get yes. it out of it at that instant. Because when stuff happens, it's better to just let it go. You know, the more you let it go, the better it might. I mean, I'm not perfect at it now. It's like some things I could just talk about on the spot, but some things yeah. it take like a week or two. But like yeah. before the end of the month, like I just tell myself now, like before the end of the month, I got to let it go. Because yeah. I mean, I give myself 21 days to just like talk it out, let it go. Because if I don't, it's going to build up. And like most of my life, I let stuff build up. That's why I said I was a shell because it was a lot of stuff. Like I ain't had the confidence to say it. I ain't had the confidence to yes. express it. I ain't had the confidence to do a lot of things. And if I never overcame just being vulnerable, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I'm, it's power in it. Yes. And, and I tell people too, like once we realize too, that it's bigger than us. It's like right. people, people keep things inside because they're worried about, excuse me, uh, fear of judgment. They're worried about, you know, if they're going to cry or if people are going to laugh, people don't care, and no one's going to listen to me. It's like, those are all selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, if, if, if I'm talking to a room of 20 people, and I'm talking about when I hurt hurt my knee, if 18 of them check out, but two of them dial in, it's like, it's like that's what you have to understand. Worry about the two that's dialed in. You know, right. like, don't worry about the ones that to where it may not resonate. You can change two people's lives that day with that story. Right, right. And you also don't want to, you know, keep passing down the generational curses, like to our children yes. or, and stuff like that. We don't want our son or our daughter feeling like you can't express your emotion. So we have to show them that you can, because otherwise they're going to keep passing that down. And it's, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the, the worst, the worst possible thing. It's like, <laughs> Like, like Andre, uh, although mine's reversed, I have four sisters, two brothers uh, and, and, you know, so, so being, <laughs> being one of seven and I'm the youngest, <laughs> but being one of seven, it's like, I understand that, that dynamic and even being split. Cause you know, my, my dad, my dad was married three times Well, he was, you know, with three, three different women. So he's, he, he was married to my mom. God, they were 51 years, I think before he passed in 2019, but like, I had that strong, that strong family structure, but he never let us settle. Like I said, mom was always there and always supportive, but dad was, was the one really hammering down the values. You know, like he was a Marine. He ran track himself. He fought in Vietnam. Like, and I'm lucky to be here talking to, to you guys because he told us a story where they got ambushed in Vietnam and 
everyone in that Humvee was killed except him. Because right. I think that's he true. was he was on the bottom of a couple dead bodies. <laughs> and so he was able to survive. He said he stayed in there for like a solid 24 hours before he finally emerged. Right. But he, he just came out of that with just a new a new outlook on life. You know, right. like like the world was just coming out of segregation at that time too. So it's like he could have he could have still had that chip on his shoulder, but but he didn't. He's like, you know what? I want better. You know, right. it's like right. I want better. It's like I, I don't want my kids growing up feeling a certain type of way. And he just hammered those values into us. Just like you were saying how your your grandparents did did for for you and how your your dad did for you. You know, like that's that's key. So I'm I'm glad that that you mentioned that because what we do, the kids are gonna follow suit. Right, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, until they get products like ours that let them know you can break the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I speak in in schools. Well, I was speaking in schools before COVID. Yeah, yeah. COVID. You know, but like I, I go into uh, the inner city schools, and I mean, I speak all all over. But I had a particular message for the inner city schools, letting them know, like, if, you know, if you have have a father who's in jail, or if your mother's working four jobs, and you guys aren't getting a lot of supervision, like, ask yourself, do you want that? Right. You know, right. it's like, do you want that? Because if you don't want that, you can fix it. You right. know, it's like you that doesn't have to be your reality. You know, and so like that's that's the the I want to assume that's the message that you guys are trying to convey with your book. You know, taking the mess in your life, apply these laws to it, and then you can change the direction of what you what of where it is you want to go. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So. What's next for you? Um, well, I'm, I mean, I'm still training right now, but um, we found out we're having a kid, so I'm, mm. I'm uh, six months right now. Nice, congratulations! Kids. So, um, yeah, after that, I'll get back to training and everything like that, and, and I'll be training for the 2024 Olympics. Nice, yeah. um, still building on a business, um, uh, started off with. 30 people in the chat room uh, teaching financial literacy, uh, investing long and short term. It's over a thousand people in eight months. So nice. It's still growing, yeah. So it's just been growing. Different entrepreneurs, everybody from different fields in there, just teaching them how to just start a business and just build up something that they uh, created for themselves mm-hmm. uh, outside of the, you know, the nine to five and just investing for the, uh, you know, the next generations. Yeah. Uh, we closed on a couple partnerships for the uh, tax firm. We got partnership with ADP, um, oh, nice. my alarm center for security. Um, who else was it? Okay. Is it? Oh, uh, as seen on uh, all the major TV outlets, we can get articles now. Um, That's great. Uh, we got meeting with Becker's uh, 529 plan uh, for kids' educations, K through 12, college, uh, 100% tax write-off for uh, education expenses. Uh, that mm-hmm. deal is going to be closed on Tuesday. We got the uh, final meeting. Um, lively HSA account, um, 100% uh, write-off for health expenses. Uh, and you can invest those uh, funds to, uh, you can invest those funds into a self-directed HSA account now. And uh, they've given us the uh, ledger to do that. And it's one more, but it's off the top. ADP. But yeah, we're, we're working on an account uh, tax firm. Um, I'm going to uh, roll out franchises to help everybody build their own branded franchise with their names and give them all these partnerships so they can uh, expand as well. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's, that's that's amazing. So take take me through how you started it. So you said 30 people in the chat room. It's, it's like, how did, how did you structure it? It, you know, just like, just take me through the process. Uh, so I, I, I started Dream Again in 2013. So it's based on Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream. And I mm. put it into a company um, company concept. I actually started with like a, a cartoon concept. We're in character development right now. I don't want to speak too much on it. And then okay. I started the, the Dream Again Tax Services. The Dream Again Tax Services, I'm real good with numbers. Um, so I started off with family and friends. And in about three years, I started, like three years ago, I started, now it's over 150 clients. So I just, wow. uh, and then I just took those clients. I was like, look, I'm going to start an investment chat room. 
And then I was just in like a Google chat room because I, when I traded at JP Morgan, I didn't really like how they was treating me. So I quit okay. and I built, I built algorithms to catch like institutional trades like early as 4 a.m. and they gap up like 100%. So wow. uh, with the algorithms, I, everybody was just like, yo, Dre, what you trading? So for like the last two years, every day, I called it, I called them every day. Mm. And then 30 people, people told people about me. They told people about me. Now I was at a thousand in eight months. Um, I started awesome. off with the Google chat room. I took it to Telegram and then I started uh, like four different uh, chat rooms. One for accounting and lawyers, one for um, the Wolfpack for people that want to invest. We got the Women's Empowerment Group. Uh, and then the Dream Again Book Club, teaching people how to retain 100% royalties. Um, my thoughts during all this, I was just like, you know, how can I add value to these people's lives? You know, because I come from a devalue community and my company, Dream Again, is basically taking those devalue individuals, you know, from all walks of life, but more focused on the inner city. And I said, like, how can I bring value here with my education? And then um, all the different concepts and um Thing, all the different concepts and business strategies start coming to me. So I've just been slowly just building on it, taking it a day at a time and just letting my thoughts, you know, uh, manifest. I love that. Sierra, what's, what's your take on it? What's your, what, what, what I want to hear, you, you know, the wife's take on the business. Oh, well, he's more of the financial side and, you know, um, he helped, he helped me with that as well because like before we met, I like they don't teach athletes, on taxes and stuff like that or you don't really learn that in school so i struggle with that a lot so before yes. we even became a couple he was like my accountant so it really helped me <laughs> even get into the business to understand like the tax uh world more and like budgeting and finances and everything like that so um i actually think this is great because i wish that i met someone like him when i was younger and you know, now that I do know stuff, we're, we're able to teach it to younger folks. So they have that knowledge growing up. And um, like I said, I'm more on the psychology side as well, because, you know, I struggle with mental toughness. I suffer from depression and stuff like that. So um, I have my woman empowerment group where, you know, I send them daily affirmations and stuff like that. So, I mean, Penn, you need to have that mental toughness too as well to be in a financial world because you know you can mess up your whole life just spending <laughs> you know and doing all yep. this type of stuff oh what i used to do i'm not perfect like you know i still have my my things where i like shopping and stuff like that and so um yeah so we're all human yeah we're yeah. all human i feel like <laughs> both the mental and finance thing we we connect really well so yeah Perfect. If if you need a guest speaker for your women's empowerment group, let let me know if you allow men in. Oh, I didn't. Do <laughs> like no, a... she ain't let us in. She's <laughs> 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 gonna post it in post it in the big chat room, talk about yeah, you know, just ladies and everybody like wow, like. He tried to get in a group the other day. I was like, wait. Yeah, she kicked guy. me out. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo, bingo. No, because like, because I actually do women's empowerment groups, and sometimes pe people people would say that, and and I was like, yeah, but looking, you can look at things from a different lens, right. you know. It's, it's like because because I keep I keep telling people, men and women were designed to work together, regardless right. of where you think we came from. We were designed to work together, so it's right. okay to have multiple perspectives. It's like right. I'd say probably. Well, for this podcast, it's, I believe it's 68, 68 women, 32% men. So it was like, my audience is mostly women and my gym is like 95, five women to men. So right. I, so like I, I work with mostly women and moms. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these messages, they're universal, right? And so I tell people, if you're searching for empowerment, don't pick and choose where it comes from. Right. You know what I mean? Like if, if I can bring value to your group, don't reject it just because I'm a man. I'm not saying you per personally, just right. in general, like this is what I say to women in general. It's like, if, if, if I have a message, like I believe in the law of attraction, it's like, you need to hear something 
and I can bring it to you. <laughs> you right. know, it's like it's like don't 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 reject it because I'm a man. You gotta let your paradigms open. That's how I go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like one of the first ones I did, this was back in 2015, I believe. I had 40 women in there. And I did overhear a couple of them say, I thought this was a women's empowerment group, you know, because I, I did my opening, my opening speech. But I also had four women's women speakers, you know, for the for the event. But you know, I, I gave the opening speech. And by the time it was done, everyone was like, Oh my God, this was amazing. You know, I said, yeah, and you were talking trash about it in the beginning, <laughs> you know, before before I even said anything, <laughs> you know, so, so I'll just throw that out there. If you have a change, change of heart, I'm in that lane, so. And it's crazy because sometimes women feel like men don't listen, so I think it is good mm. to finally hear that men want to step in and listen and give their perspectives and stuff because a lot of men don't care. So yes. that's probably why we kind of like try to separate the thing like, oh, he doesn't care. So let's just do what we <laughs> But there is guys, you know, there's men out there who do care and, you know, want to who wants to be on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I tell people when you're having relationship issues, don't get together with your girlfriends. Because oh, oh, it's just going to turn into a male bashing session and, and, and vice versa. If you're having problems with, with your woman, don't go to the bar with the guys because you're right. just going to bash women. You know, so it's like, like if you're having a problem with Andre, you can call me and we can talk it through. Because I, I <laughs> right, honestly, because I can speak through the lens of a guy. Right. You know what I mean? So so it's like when all the women get together, you're looking at it from only one lens. That's right. It's like, I can, like, I can, I can, like, oh, you took him back, didn't you? <laughs> like <the one> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cause it was like one of my, one of my female, like, yeah, one of my clients, like she was having an issue with her husband. And I was like, listen, if you want to get through to him, say these exact words. And she's like, you want, you want me to say that? Like, yeah, trust me, say those words. And I guarantee he will help you. And so she messages me the next day. And she's like, it works to a T. I said, yeah, because you have to speak, dude. You know, it's like, it's like, you can't, it's like, we're wired differently. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, women pr prefer a lot, a lot of detail. The, you know, women are more emotionally charged where men are task driven. You know, yeah. men are task driven. They're like, like, say, say he leaves his, his laundry, you know, in all over the place or whatever. Coming at him through your lens, he's going to be like, why is she nagging? <laughs> right, it's like that's how we're gonna receive that. <laughs> Why is she nagging? Rather than Andre, listen, it would be a big help for you if you could just keep your clothes over here. Mm. Now, for as a man, oh, she needs she needs my help. I, I got you. you. Know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> yeah, I so. we're nagging all the time. We're really, we're just trying to you know solve things and communicate and stuff like that. Yes, like yes, person, like he has a problem sometimes where he's closed off. So it's like we're we're working on it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and you and you know and you know too as as a psychologist, you can't talk to everyone the same way. Exactly right. Right, you, you just can't. So so the same thing happens in the relationship. It's like you have to know you have to know your partner, you know. So for someone like me, I'm very playful, and right. my ex and my ex was very self conscious. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right. So I I I really want to say that, but I can't. <laughs> you know, just because I know if I say that, it's gonna hurt her feelings. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like you have to know your audience. Mm -hmm. You know, so right, anyways, course. anyways, I I just wanted to throw for that part in there because I because I felt like it was relevant to people to people li listening, like on both sides. You know, like right. you just can't get a group of men talking about talking about just men stuff because we have to hear it through the females' lens too. Right. You know, so be be like, if I said this, am I being a jerk? Yeah, you kind of are. Because in our mind, maybe we're not. Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't think this sounds jerky. <laughs> you know? So, so you get a group of guys together, and like, man, she's crazy. Right. <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's right. exactly how it goes. Not considering other people's feelings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. So, so, uh, so if I go to this website, what am I going to see? Uh, you're gonna see. Um, oh, sorry uh, for for people that that are gonna listen on the audio. It's dreamagainthelegacy.com. Yeah, 
Yeah, DreamingInTheLegacy.com. When you go on DreamingInTheLegacy.com, you're going to see an intro to the uh, character character development of the anime. Uh, The Financial Freedom tab is going to show you, uh, give you an option if you need your taxes done. Um, It's going to give you uh, the Wolfpack breakdown, some returns versus the S&P. The About Us is going to tell you things that we did in the past few years. Um, the Conscious Times is going to talk about all the different influential individuals that uh, had an impact um, on, you know, undervalued cultures. Yeah, courses on there too. Yeah, uh, yeah, the courses is on there as well for uh, learning all the different tax-free money market accounts, how to invest long and short term, how to turn on indicators. Um, all those. Yeah. And then uh, the or uh, the book. It's, it's Orphan a Millionaire is a, a link on the Conscious Times that take you to there where me and Sierra did most of our interview, like where we interviewed that and then where you can get the book. Okay. And then is this this one here, OrphanToMillionaire.com? Yes. Yeah. That's our book website. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So let's... Uh, oh, we still got, we still got ten, 10 minutes to go. All right. So... 2024 Olympics. So give me give me an idea of what your training regimen looks like, Sierra. Um, well, once I get back into full training right now, you know, I'm taking a step back. I'm just living well, yeah. like light running, uh, cycling and stuff. But I usually uh, I'll run like 60 miles a week and lift two to three times a week. And um, with the new coach, you know, our training is really intense. I'm not sure if you know of him or um the athlete that he used to, i mean that he still trains but she's very popular ij wilson um his name is Derek thomas that's who i train with now that's my new coach yeah yeah so yeah. um he's really intense something new for me <laughs> and so yeah. i feel like training with him will prepare me well for the 2024 olympics yeah love it yeah and where, where's that one gonna be um it's in paris yeah paris okay check out some eiffel tower while you're over there <laughs> you know i feel like uh every setback you know is a it's what am i trying to say because I, I can't even think about minor it setback yeah minor setback <laughs> oh, she got that she got that pregnancy brains yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, but yeah so um you know this year we didn't it, it was a surprise for us and it's actually a blessing so it's like i can't even be mad it was olympics but it's like it's going to come back around and i'm still young so i have plenty of time and I watched many other women do it who had babies who are now like number one in the world so it's like just because I'm having a baby doesn't mean I can't come back into the sport so it's like you know um and next time I come back I'll have my son watching me there and it'll be really inspiring and motivating so I'm actually excited yeah yeah Allison Felix just did it exactly and she yeah Yeah. so it's it's gonna be really great so what are your what are your thoughts on the Shikari Richardson situation? Um, I mean I've seen her around, but I don't know her personally. Uh I feel like she's she's young and she's just taking in everything as she could. I mean, why mm-hmm. not? She's fast, one of the one of the youngest to do it, so why not keep keep taking each step to reach those heights and become as successful as you wanna be? So I mean I don't have yeah. anything negative towards her. I think she's a great athlete and Tomorrow they actually have a big race tomorrow in um, Oregon. She'll be racing the Jamaicans who just won the Olympics. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's going. It's being talked about all over social media. So I'm okay. actually happy for her. When you're young, why not go for it? <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think it's just we. I think they should have let her run. Oh, you're talking about that that situation. I mean. No, well, all of it in general. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just like. I feel like they need to change these rules. I mean, I don't think, I don't feel like weed affects anyone. That's just my opinion, but it, there is a time and place to do it. The rules are the, or the rules. Are the rules. You're not supposed to smoke in competition. And yeah. apparently, you know, her mother passed away, so it was really difficult for her to find yeah. out from someone. So it was like, I mean, she's young. She'll learn from it. I mean, she did. She took her 30-day suspension, so just move forward and you know what not to do next time, so... I mean, I yeah, don't like, judge people, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 def- I definitely 
definitely agree that the rule the rule can change, but like like you said too, as of now the rules are the rules. And when, right. when you're at a when you're at a world class level, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what like I said, when my father passed away, I didn't start doing drugs. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it's not up to me to decide how someone copes. Right. You know, but when you're at that level, you gotta have a heightened level of awareness. Yeah. You know, like you you have a chance to to represent your country right. in one of the most pre- prestigious sporting events out there. Mm-hmm. And that that's a big deal. You know, it's not just like another track meet. Like this is a big deal. Right. So, yeah, the Olympics but, the right thing. but the issue too is that it's international rules. Right. It wasn't even the American rules. Because mm-hmm. I actually did on my debate show, I actually did an episode on that where I went through and, and I read I read up on all the rules and it's it's clear mm-hmm. that it's not so much the weed, it's THC. And they're saying that because the way it relaxes the it relaxes the body, it can give you a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like if you're going into it with the natural stress, anxiety, you know, so you smoke a little, it can calm you down. They're saying that it, it takes away your body's natural, natural anxiety. So it's like <laughs> When, when I read it all the way through, it's like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe yeah. I get it. But like I said, the rule's the rule, you know, right. and, and, yeah. and it's, in, it's international. So it's not even like the U, the, like the U.S. kicked her off the team. Right. And that's that's how people were trying to make it seem. So no, that, they were that wasn't the case. They were just waiting for the, um, I forgot the other the other company but they were just waiting for the rules to come back to see if she could run like you said it wasn't really the u.s but like yeah internationally those are the rules like we get drug tested randomly and then especially if you make the olympic team you get drug top three always get drug tested yes like i mean she could have coped with it a different way but i mean at least she served her suspension and you know she yeah. knows better for next time yeah like i definitely took my hats off to her for, for the way she just owned it Right. You know, and in front of the camera anyway, maybe off the camera. She was like, this is some BS, you know, right. but, but <laughs> at least on camera. Like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like on camera, she she definitely just took took it right on the chin, you know. Yeah. All right. So let's break it down with some final words. We'll start with Andre. Uh, some final words. Yeah, just um, final thoughts. I've been putting you on the spot for the last yeah, half for the yeah. last hour. I, know, I, know. <laughs> I just uh, never give up. Uh, always believe in your dream, your aspirations, your passions. You know, your passions are power. Your um, pain is power. And never, uh, never let anybody tell you you can't do anything you put your mind to. There it is. Hey, yeah. Sierra. Mine is just follow your path, don't compare yourself. And um, it's important to have a good support system. Even if you don't think you have have one, there's people out there who you inspire. So just keep moving forward and keep your head up. I don't know, I'm just like, <laughs> my mind is just all over the place, I'm sorry. But, it's yeah. okay, it's yeah. okay. Pre- pregnancy brain is a real thing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. Like, like I said, working with mostly females, I see it all the time over the years, <laughs> all the time. So, yeah. understood. Well, thank you both for taking the time. Um, don't sign off. I, I have to do my uh my closing monologue. Okay. But I have some connections for you, so so you got to get up, get on some some other shows and keep share sharing your message and spreading the word. Okay. Oh, thank I appreciate you. you right. man. Appreciate all right, my pleasure. Thanks. Thank you guys again. All right, so I'll see you in a couple minutes. Thank you. All right. right. So if you're tuning in late, make sure you go back and watch the entire thing. I want to expand on something that Sierra just said about not comparing yourself. And I see this a lot in the fitness world where people will come in and say, I want legs like her. I want arms like him or I want a belly like like you can't look at someone else and want what they have. That's called envy. It's one of the seven deadly sins. Right. What you got to do is look at yourself and make yourself the best possible version that you can be. We all have different bone structure. We all have different muscle build. We have different metabolisms. And it's the same thing in the business world. Like you have to figure out what success means to you. 
Okay, what does success mean to you? You can't look at somebody else's success and say, I want that, because you might not want to go through what they have to go through to get that. <laughs> so that matters as well. Like for me, I just want something like once my gym got shut down last year, I said, I need to build something that can't be shut down. And that was when I started this, this podcast. So I can come up here. I'm free to say whatever I want to say. I don't have to worry about Facebook and YouTube trying to censor me. And even if they do, I have my own platform that can't be be shut down or, or censored. It's like, I don't want a hundred, a staff of a hundred people. Like, I don't want that. But people that want that, go get it. I don't want that. So you have to define what success means to you and then work and grind like hell every single day to make it happen. Right. So that's all I got for you for today. I will be back on Tuesday with episode 129. And as always, thank you for tuning in and have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. And so I put my arms around there and I was like, listen, he's watching you right now. I was like, do you think he likes seeing you like this? You know, and, and then just like every time I say that, it, it just hits them kind of differently because like they forget. It's like, yeah, they're, they're gone in the physical form, but they're watching you from somewhere. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like they're still here and you can still honor that person by being the best version of yourself. You know, and, and yeah. I, I know I know it's tough for people to get to that place. But once you get there, you got to teach others how to get there. Absolutely. Be the yeah. example. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've had that conversation with people I, like three times in the last few days, three different people yes. that, uh, you know, that w they, they're just not behaving like themselves <laughs> and it, it's not serving them. And I'd say, okay, what would he say about you doing that? And they, it's mm -hmm. like, uh, uh-oh, you know, I got caught and <laughs> yeah. they'll, they can start uh, looking at things differently. Cause I, I know, I know Jacques wouldn't have wanted me to be sitting around and being sad, but I couldn't figure out how to do something different than that. Yeah. Where with Ron, I know Ron would be expecting me to be getting out there and helping other people and smiling all the way. So if, if I ever start to have something that gets me down a little bit, and I'll, I'll, I'll cry a little bit. He, the yeah. fourth anniversary was of his death was um, a couple weeks ago. And that hit me for yeah. some reason. It hit me. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm just going to deal with it. And I cried some, I wrote some, I went for a walk, took a deep breath and said, okay, I can, I can yeah. focus now. I can get back to me, but I, I didn't shove it down and not deal with it. I dealt with it so that I could yes. move forward. And yeah, I dealt with it in a way that I knew that he'd appreciate Yes. Like my dad loved Smokey Robinson. Loved him, loved him, loved oh, him. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I was going for a walk earlier today and one of his one of his songs came came on and just it, you know, it just it brings it back. You know, it's like dealing with it doesn't mean that we don't still feel emotions. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that, that we don't still feel pain. And I think that that's what some people struggle with in grieving. It's like that doesn't mean you forget. You know, mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like, that doesn't mean you forget. That doesn't mean you don't care. It's like, you mm -hmm. know, I'll hear a song like that or or I'll go I'll go to, down to see my mom and I'll walk into his garage. And then I just had visions of him rebuilding an engine and I could hear him talking to himself. He, he always had conversations with himself when he was building stuff. And, you know, like it, it just brings you back to that place. And like, you know, you stop for a second, might get teary eyed and. And then, you know, go inside and tell mom, you know, you know what, like, I just had a vision of him working on the car in there. So, you know, kind of choked, choked me up a little. It's like, you know, I don't try to hide it. Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, it's like, it's like you, you don't hide it. You know, being vulnerable is okay. And, and it's all right to be like, you know what, I freaking miss him today. Like, I really, really miss him today. Yeah. And, and that's an okay thing. It's like, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. That doesn't make, make you weak. That makes you human. That's it. Yes. You know, we're human beings. We we have the cry, the ability to cry for a reason. 
Yes. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. If we weren't meant to do it, we wouldn't have tear ducts. That's right. Right. I I know. I had uh, one day when I got home from wherever I was uh, early in our relationship, Ron said, I found our song. I said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Do I know it? <laughs> so he he had, uh, he had played it for me, and it was Stevie Wonder's song, As. Mm. I don't know if you know that song in particular, but it's, yep. it is something else. Yes. And a, a few weeks ago, I just got in this groove of every time I turned around, As was there. It was on a TV commercial. Mm. They used it as a, a theme that was going through a movie I watched. It just kept every it popped up and popped up and I thought, you know, that's just him saying hi, you know, and it it, it just feels so good. And every time I think of that and think of the words and how, how powerful they are in that song, it just uh, warms my heart. Love it. All right. Well, it's time for us to go. You know, these, these hours go by so fast, so, so fast. So uh, give, give us, I mean, you kind of gave us a final word, but, I'll give you the opportunity to give another final word. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, basically, take good care of yourself. Reach out to me if you'd like to. I I do classes. I have coming up uh, Grief and Happiness Alliance, which is a a membership program where you can come all the time and meet other people that are in the same boat that you're in. And it's all online so that, that you can easily do it. And we'll be talking about grief and happiness uh, in all that we do there. Perfect. Love it. So that's loving and living your way through grief.com is the website. Visit, reach out. You know, if she said anything that resonated with you today, like I said, absolutely reach out. And uh, thank you very much for taking the time and sharing your story and getting vulnerable with us. Much appreciated. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, don't sign off yet because I'm, I'm going to have some uh, some connections for you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. So that was Emily. If you tuned in late, make sure you go back and watch the entire episode. Dropped a lot of good, good knowledge there since you got deep into having to move on from two husbands that passed away. So there's a lot of info in there that she shared that uh, she shared and you can get in touch in touch with her. I took it down. You can get in touch with her again by going to her site, lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com. And again, I want to thank her for coming to the show. And you all have a great day.